We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. More news from Tokyo this morning. Defending Olympic champion Simone Biles has withdrawn from Thursday's individual all-around competition to focus on her mental well-being. This comes today after Biles removed herself from the team final following her vault routine. USA Gymnastics released a statement saying, quote, they wholeheartedly support Simone's decision and applaud her bravery in prioritizing her well-being. She will be reevaluated before deciding if she wants to take part in next week's individual events. Team USA Basketball got just what they needed, a bounce-back game, dominating Iran 122-66 for their first Olympic win. Six players finished in double figures, including Damian Lillard, who led the team with 21 points. They covered the insane 39.5-point spread and pushed the game over the total. The Americans faced the Czech Republic on Saturday in a win-or-go-home situation. News from the NFL, Miami's Dolphins quarterback Xavier Howard has requested a trade. He finished the year with 10 interceptions, earning All-Pro honors, and he is frustrated with Miami for not reworking his deal. Right now, Miami sits at plus 310 to win the AFC East. A quick recap of the action from Major League Baseball. The Rockies upset the Angels. Otani hits home run number 36, but Colorado wins the game outright. The Brewers shut out the Pirates. Milwaukee covers the run line and pushes the total at nine runs. The Nationals beat the Phillies. Washington wins outright and keeps the game under the total, but Trey Turner was pulled from the game after testing positive for COVID. The Rangers edge out the Diamondbacks. They snap a 12-game drought by winning the game and pushing the total at nine runs, and the Giants beat the Dodgers. They win the game straight up and keep the game under the total. This has been Alex Fasano. Before you lock in your wagers, make sure you're hearing the latest from Gabe Morenci and Cam Stewart on Game Time Decisions. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. To win, you need a strategy. A plan. You've come to the right place. We're the home of sports gaming strategies and information to give you the winning edge. I mean, we're not just doing this for our health. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's hum bum bum day! Welcome into the morning after on Sports Grid on this Wednesday. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours. We're going to give you the edge here on the show. We've got the edge for today's slate of games. We've got the edge for the futures market. In fact, I'm already willing to cut out the entire month of August. I'm ready to get to football season. We'll start college football at the end of the month. We've got the NFL starting in September. Training camp beginning in the NFL as well. I cannot wait to hear from some of these teams. We do have a great guest joining us later this hour, as this week is a huge week in sports. The NBA draft is Thursday, and James Young from here on Sports Grid, former college women's basketball coach, going to help us break it all down. And we have the MLB trade deadline coming up. On Friday, some moves already in the mix. But this morning, it's been the big news. It's actually been the big news for the last couple of mornings. It's going to Team USA in the Olympics for the women's gymnastics team, where the GOAT, one of the best, if not the best Olympian competing right now, Simone Biles, has had to withdraw. She withdrew from the team all around yesterday. She withdrew this morning from the final individual all around Team USA, USA Gymnastics did report on it and said that they are in support of her focusing on her mental health. Simone will continue to be evaluated daily to determine whether or not she'll participate in next week's individual event finals. The first two of individual event finals will be on Sunday. That's for floor and vault. 
both in which Simone Biles ends up with the gold in Rio in 2016. My co-host Ben Stevens joining me. Ben, this is the morning of the last couple of morning. Uh, this is the story of the last couple of mornings. Unfortunately, on FanDuel, there's no way to bet on women's gymnastics. They don't even have any medal odds posted for the futures market anymore on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yet, you still have to talk about how Team USA has gotten off to this like unfortunate start and unfortunate for Simone Biles as well. When you talk about gold medals and for the futures market that you could have bet on heading into the Tokyo Olympics, about the USA being the minus money odds on favorite to have the most gold medal count at the end of the Olympics, it seemed like a certainty that a few of them would come from Simone Biles in women's gymnastics. Obviously, she is dealing with some mental health issues, and we wish her the best, and hopefully she can recuperate and be there for the event finals, in which she has qualified for all four of the apparatuses on these event finals, and she will be a huge factor of them. It is a huge pressure-packed point for Simone Biles at this moment, and hopefully she is able to come back. You saw her in the vault finals yesterday for those team finals for women's gymnastic, seeing like she didn't know what she was doing, seeing like she was lost in the air. She said as such that she was not confident in any of the routines that she was doing. And with the degree of difficulty that Simone Biles does all of her gymnastic moves, if she doesn't know where she's going to land, if she's not confident in what she's doing, it gets to a very dangerous point. So we wish her the best, and hopefully we see more Simone Biles at the Olympics, Ariel. Not being able to watch Simone Biles for the next for the last few days stinks for gymnastics. However, if she could get her mental health in check and figure things out on her own, then hopefully by this weekend we could see some more Simone Biles. I know that that crowd would be going crazy for her at home. You can't be there. But at home, the audiences at home have been great. And I know that her family, I know that there's these watch parties. We'd get some good videos, maybe like we saw in Alaska with the swimmer that ended up cashing in for gold. <laughs> I, I'm excited, and I think that she will come back at some point. But that's just my little bet on it. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. First hour here on the morning after, Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Simone Biles did speak out after she decided to withdraw yesterday, and here's what she had to say about the pressure that it takes to be the GOAT. I feel good. I'm in shape. Um, emotionally, that kind of varies on the time and the moment, you know, uh, coming here to the Olympics and being the head star of the Olympics is not an easy feat, so we're just trying to take it one day at a time, and we'll see. Taking it one day at a time. Well, she is going to be replaced by Jade Carey, who had the ninth highest score in qualification. She's going to participate in Simone Biles' place uh, for the all-around. Now, Biles did qualify for all four of the apparatuses, which, Ben, is something that she didn't even do in Rio. Which is crazy because although the qualifiers for the team event did not go the USA's way, finishing second in the qualifying, eventually winning silver in the team finals, Simone Biles, even on an off day with all of that pressure, still was the top qualifier heading into the individual all around. But that goes to show that even Simone Biles on her worst day is the best out there. So if she's not able to be out there, if you're upset with Simone Biles that she's not there, that she can't muster up the courage at this current moment, if that's how you want to conceptualize it, nobody is more upset in this moment than Simone Biles herself not being able to be out there to compete 
with a chance to win multiple gold medals for Team USA Gymnastics. A name to look out for, though. If you want to be hyped on the Team USA women's gymnastic team, Suni Lee, absolutely killing it. Look out for her uneven bars performance in the individual all around the event final itself. I don't know if FanDuel Ariel will ever put up gold medal odds for women's gymnastics when it comes to the individual all-around or any of those event finals. But I would take Suni Lee with huge amounts of Agreed. plus money or even minus money to win on the uneven bars. Agreed. That routine that she did the other day, yesterday morning, was incredible. I've never seen an uneven bars like that. I watched it. I actually replayed it with my mom. We were both gymnasts. We replayed it. We couldn't believe what we were watching. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why FanDuel doesn't have some sort of gymnastics odds up. We don't have to guess scores. That would be crazy. What I want to guess is I want to know who's going to place gold, bronze, silver. Like, if you give us those kinds of options to say, hey, this is going to, this gymnast is going to win gold at this event, is it really that hard to set those odds? Maybe it's just too opinion based. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. Definitely no opinions and final scores there. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. As we sit here through the entire commercial break trying to figure out just why gymnastics can't be bet on on the FanDuel Sportsbook, we're going to move into a sport that you can bet on, and that's Major League Baseball. Yesterday in Major League Baseball, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Chicago Cubs 7-4. to The reason this is important is not just because of the viral video about Joey Votto, who ended up giving a ball to a kid in the stands. It was so adorable. If you haven't seen it, you should go watch. Joey Votto also has homered in four consecutive games for the second time in his career. He helps the Reds get that 7-4 win, cashing in as Road Dogs plus 144 on the money line. The total of 10.5 ends up going over. Votto now has 41 career home runs against the Cubs, which is his most against any opponent. I know that Tom Vecchio would like that stat, considering he's Mr. Home Run Prop King. But Ben, watching someone like Joey Votto go up against a team who he just dominates, it just makes you want to bet these home run props whenever you see a stat like that. Joey Votto, a home run in four straight games, absolutely rakes against the Cubs. I wonder if Tom Vecchio pays attention to those trends because he has capped home run props with the best of them. And it was a huge night for home runs really across all of Major League Baseball. Last check area, around 11.30 p.m. Eastern, midnight last night, there was 32 home runs hit across Major League Baseball. And our friends and partners at FanDuel were graciously giving away a giveaway for about 32 lucky customers. The amount of home runs hit was the amount of lucky customers on the FanDuel site that would be rewarded with some type of in-site cash. It was incredible, and it was a huge night of home runs. Shohei Otani hit his 36th home run. Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a home run that was like 440 feet. There was tons of home runs, but back to the Reds and Cubs game, a significant win for the Reds. They are now seven games back of the Brewers in that NL Central division, six games back of the wild card race, and of course the two top teams in the NL wild card right now come out of the NL West in the Dodgers and the Padres. But Ariel, as we know, this has ramifications across all of Major League Baseball. 
It has ramifications all over Major League Baseball, and the trade deadline is going to play such a factor in so much of the mentals of these players for the next few days. Certain players have never even had to deal with the trade deadline because for teams such as the Cubs, for the last seven, five, seven years, the Cubs really haven't had to worry about selling off players because they've been in the playoff mix. This year, a little bit different, and the veteran for the Cubs, Chris Bryant, spoke out about it after the game. It's just been different. You know, we've always been... Um, pretty much buyers or whatever the term you want to use at the deadline and that's always been exciting but um, you know this is all part of the journey it's part of part of the game part of the cycle of, of baseball and um, you know I think uh, anybody who's involved in the rumors or whatever are having you know as good of time with it as you can because you know, like I said you can't control it you can't control it. Now, Chris Bryant's interesting because for a lot of players that may or may not be on the chopping block, it's always in the back of your mind that the next few days could be crazy. Chris Bryant was the one that was trying to get out of Chicago about a year ago. Ben, how much are you looking at this actually affecting the mentals of players and maybe staying away from baseball for the next few days? Well, it's going to be very interesting. Just about 48 hours left. Two days of the MLB trade deadline for a lot of these moves to take place. We saw some more trades take place yesterday. A couple of very key relievers on the move from Seattle to Houston. Some impactful moves we will see at the deadline. And one of the most notorious names that you will see out there is Chris Bryant. And when you look at the game yesterday between the Reds and the Cubs, the Reds winning 7-4 again over Chicago, it's one of those final nails in the coffin for the Cubs to be sellers at the deadline. And Chris Bryant, although this is uncharted territory for Chicago, this had been speculated entering the year. The Cubs were really good in the month of May, but ever since then, they have really slid down the NL Central standings. Now two games below 500, so Chicago could be shipping out a lot of talent that has been over there at the friendly confines in Wrigley Field for quite some time. And Chris Bryant, Javi Baez has been floated, maybe even Anthony Rizzo, Captain Cub himself. There have been some of these names that have now been floated that have been a staple of this Cubs franchise that have won the Chicago Cubs that World Series that snapped a long, long streak as well. So there's a lot of this speculation now over these next 48 hours, and there will be some big names on the move. So yeah, it's an idea of how do you look at these games being played over the next two days? If there are teams that you suppose will be sellers, aka the Cubs, aka the Washington Nationals, maybe you should try to fade them in the betting market. And of course, Ariel, it is very important at this moment to lock down what the futures market says right now. Look at the odds to win a division, to win a pennant, to win the World Series and see where it stands right now. If you think there is value worth diving in for, or if you want to wait 48 hours and see if the movement makes you enticed to jump into the futures market because these next two days across all of MLB will be very exciting and be very interesting on how it impacts all the futures market we have for the home stretch of this Major League Baseball season. I have to snapshot these lines because I'm actually annoyed at myself. I didn't snapshot them make the playoff odds when we had them at the All-Star break. I wish I did. In the preseason, the Chicago Cubs were plus 340 to make the playoffs. The book was never high on this Cubs team. It makes me question when you try to hire these former players right after they're done playing, how ready are they really? All these teams in baseball were trying to find the cheap option for manager. I'm not 
saying anything about David Ross to say anything that he's a bad guy. I mean, I don't know him. I just know that this Cubs team has dropped significantly since he's taken over and dropped significantly since my fake cousin, Theo Epstein, has left the team as general manager. He's, I mean, he's the GOAT. If we're really talking about GOATs, it's Theo Epstein. Anyway, the other story of the night was home runs. You mentioned it before, 32 home runs last night, which means on FanDuel there was this promo where 32 FanDuel customers we're up for $500. Awesome. Some of the home runs last night were hit by key stars. First, Shohei Otani. He hits another bomb. Eloy Jimenez comes back this week for Chicago after he was injured for most of the year. And both Tom Vecchio's home run props ended up hitting, which is just ridiculous. Again, Jesse Winker and Mitch Garver. I mean, Vecchio is just a god at home run props. But Otani, going back to him, he has three home runs versus left-handed pitchers of 460 feet or more. All the other lefties in baseball have a combined three home runs of 460 feet or more. Otani is doing incredible things this year, Ben, and every day I think maybe today's the day we're not going to talk about Otani. He always does something that's that you have to talk about. I mean, on Monday, so on Sunday night for Monday's show, he hit a home run. Then on Monday, we had to detail how he was starting against the Oakland Athletics. So then, of course, on Tuesday, you have to recap it because Shohei Otani reached his 100th strikeout of the year, becoming the first player to hit 35 home runs and hit 100 strikeouts in what seems like forever. So you need to talk about Shohei Otani. And then how does he back that up on Tuesday night? Well, he hits his Major League best, 36th home run. That goes a very, very far distance but what do we say Ariel Epstein when Shohei Otani is doing something cool do not check the score bug or the box score the Colorado Rockies with the worst road record in all of MLB go on the road to Anaheim and beat the Angels 12 to 3 despite Shohei Otani going big fly once again Fernando Tatis Jr. also hitting a home run. So we don't pay attention to the Angels score when Shohei Otani normally does something cool. Something you all need to pay attention to. And if you do not already, make sure to follow Tom Vecchio on Twitter because he gives you home run props each and every night. In every home run prop, even if the odds are a little bit short, are plus money. He hit on the home run prop he gave out on this very program on Monday morning. He hit on two home run props that he highlighted for FanDuel yesterday. You need to pay attention to Tom Vecchio. Don't look at the Angels score when Shohei Otani has a highlight. Do look at Tom Vecchio and the advice he gives out for home run props. Yesterday was probably the most brutal day I had all year in Major League Baseball. I don't even want to think of the sport anymore. I want to talk about the NFL. I'm done with this. We're going to talk about the NFL coming up next. Baseball favorites did go 8-6 and six straight up yesterday. Whether that affects the way you handicap games tonight or not, all the power to you. But I'm really mad at Major League Baseball. I know I'm going to have to give out picks later today. It just really sucked the life out of me last night. Maybe in a couple of hours I'll get over it. NFL talk coming up next. Training camp is open and ready for business. I cannot wait. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's training camp day in the NFL. The NFL is back, baby, and I'm so excited. The Kansas City Chiefs still have the best odds on the board to win the Super Bowl, followed up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're reigning. Super Bowl champs. The odds have the Chiefs at plus 500, the Bucks plus 650, and the Bills are sitting there at 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That's your top three. Going into last night's news, last night there was this huge just release on Instagram, Twitter, etc. by the Pro Bowl cornerback Xavier Howard of the Miami Dolphins, who says that he doesn't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins and has requested a trade. Now, Howard has had a huge role in the secondary because he is coming off a 10-interception season, which got him nominated to the Pro Bowl. Since entering the league in 2016, Howard has had 22 interceptions, 55 passes deflected. The only player that has more interceptions in his first few years in the league is the Ravens cornerback, Marcus Peters, who has 23 picks in that time span. I had to throw that out there because <laughs> go Ravens. Anyway, for Howard... Opting out, uh, trying to request a trade, excuse me, Ben, this would be a big loss to that secondary in Miami. It would, and the Dolphins, listen, have their sights set on making the playoffs this year. The second shortest odds in the AFC East at plus 310, contending with the Buffalo Bills, who are the odds-on favorite, and for a reason. But there might be some value on the Dolphins in that market. When you look at their team win total, it's a lot higher this year than it has been in years past. It's 9.5. It's plus money to the over. But still, that's a pretty lofty number for Miami, where they certainly haven't been up there at least entering a season in quite some time. Their make-miss playoff odds are also not bad. The yes is plus 118. The no has the juice at minus 144. But I think that goes to speak more to a competitive AFC than it does about the Miami Dolphins. So they have a team set in place with a really good defense to lead the way. And Xavier Howard, obviously a huge component of that. The 10 interceptions last year, Ariel, like you mentioned, led the NFL. In 2018, he had seven interceptions that led the NFL. So he has been the leading interceptor of the football in the National Football league in two of the past three seasons so for this guy to demand a trade now to leave Miami not only has a huge impact on the Dolphins but any potential suitors who would be interested and I think there are plenty in the services of Xavier Howard so some big news last night on the day that training camp all across the league had begun with every team all 32 having reported by the end of the afternoon yesterday Xavier Howard will be a name to follow throughout these next couple of weeks into the preseason and the regular season because the Dolphins I'm sure will be asking a pretty hefty price but if they get it Xavier Howard will have an immediate impact on whatever other team he decides to join. I'm curious how many more of these stories are going to develop in the next few weeks as we have some players that tend to hold out before training camp. I thought it was interesting too because a lot of the players that I was hearing from yesterday who reported earlier were saying that it was very difficult for them last year to adjust to their new teams or adjust to the new teammates on their teams because there was no training camp. It's the first time in two years that these NFL players are back at camp. Usually the players get annoyed with it. They hate being stuck in dorms or hotels, etc. for about a month or two this year they're excited for it because they actually get to know their team and it's really important now there's another team uh duo that's going to probably be reunited and it's going to be a big deal because the quarterback for the packers aaron Rodgers, who says he is going to be the quarterback for the packers this year wanted his former slot receiver and randall cobb to return to the team then it looks as if the duo is going to be reunited again 
The Packers are certainly making moves to bring in Randall Cobb. We had Matt Schneidman, the Packers beat writer for The Athletic, on the show yesterday. He questioned if the contract that Randall Cobb had was worth it, and they just drafted Amari Rodgers, a very talented slot receiver type, to fill that void out of Clemson this past year. But if Aaron Rodgers wants something, I think the Packers are going to oblige at this moment. I don't know if it's going to affect the market like Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, but it's certainly an interesting piece to add to that offense. Helps to keep Rodgers in Green Bay as they are 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl on FanDuel. But welcome in our MSG audience coming up next. Be back in 15 seconds. Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. You're also probably listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 in the Mighty 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. NFL training camps begin today. All the teams are going to be back in action out there on the field. And for the New York Giants, they're hoping that soon enough they could get their Pro Bowl running back back from their torn ACL, and that's Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is back for another year. This receiving core has gotten better in the offseason with Kenny Galladay coming in as a number one wide receiver. If, as long as his injury issues are resolved after last year, then the Giants are my NFC East dark horse this year. Completely agree with you. And let's assess where the New York football giants are right now in the betting markets, where you can find some value on New York. Because when you look at this team right now, to make or miss the playoffs, the yes has the plus money at plus 230. But if you believe that the giants are going to make the playoffs, I think it comes from winning a very uh, not great division in the NFC East because the value in the NFC East for the Giants right now is certainly there at plus 440. I don't think the Giants will contend for an NFC wildcard spot knowing how deep the NFC is. I mean, you could look out to the Western Division, the NFC West, and find all four teams that might make the playoffs as of right now. But I think the Giants, if they are going to get to the playoffs, will win the NFC East. And frankly, yep. they have the pieces in place. If Saquon Barkley returns healthy from that ACL, and the Giants have discussed how they're taking a long-term approach. Joe Judge, the head coach of the Giants, has said at this point, they're not going to rush Saquon back. He's on the pup list entering camp. They might not have him ready for week one, but they expect him to play at some time this year. And Saquon, of course, is making really good progress. That if you think the Giants can have those pieces with a top 10 defense last year. When you look at the offense, Daniel Jones taking that next step. The pieces around him, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver they drafted in the first round. Kenny Galladay, the big acquisition. Sterling Shepard getting back to the slot position where he wants to be a little bit more of a factor. And then you have guys like Saquon Barkley returning healthy. This Giants team certainly has the pieces, Ariel, I think. And the value at plus 440, that dark horse sleeper type at the third or fourth longest odds in the NFC East, I think it's there at plus 440. It was reported by ESPN NFL Nation Giants reporter Jordan Rannan that the Giants plan to take a long-term approach with Barkley. Coach Joe Judge said that he still has a chance that he's ready week one, yet they're not sure yet. He's starting on the physically unable to perform list. We'll see how things progress with Barkley. Yet the quarterback for the Giants, Daniel Jones, spoke out uh, yesterday, and he was talking about the progress that this team can hopefully make. You know, at this level and in this uh, job, we're all expected to, to perform and, and to play at a high level every day, and that starts, uh, you know, today. So, uh, you know, I certainly feel that. I think everyone 
uh, on the team does, and, and uh, you know, I think that's healthy. I think that's the way it should be, and I know, um, you know, I know we're excited for, for the opportunities. <laughs> the opportunity to hopefully not be the leading rusher of the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, who was the leading rusher on the team last year, at least for bulk of the season. Barkley's return would be huge, but I don't want to discount what the Giants defense can do, too. This defense was so underrated last year. They were a top 10 unit all across the board. They limited teams to bottom 10 points per game. I thought that this defense was not talked about enough last season because the offense just struggled so badly. Now, speaking of struggling offenses, the New York Jets were one of the worst, if not the worst offense in football last year. They they ranked last place in total yards per game. When it came to passing, second to worst in passing yards per game, the Jets were so bad that they didn't even have a receiver to go over 700 receiving yards. Ben, now the Jets are trying to sign their rookie quarterback, who they are still having issues with. Zach Wilson not at practice. Zach Wilson not signed to a contract yet. I don't understand what the holdup is. One of the few rookies still left that has not been signed who was drafted in the first round. In fact, it's Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, and the number three overall pick, the 49ers, Trey Lance. But there is some growing confusion about Zach Wilson and getting him to camp on time. All other Jets have reported to training camp except their rookie quarterback, the number two overall pick in Zach Wilson. Obviously, they need him to get there. He is a rookie quarterback that has yet to learn the system fully of Mike LaFleur in the first year of this new coaching regime under Robert Salah. So a lot needs to happen to get Zach Wilson into place, and they need him there as quickly as possible. There has been some debate about the language and some of the terminology used in the contract. They will obviously let that play out, but Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, has been great in his time in New York. Needs to get this deal done, though, to get Zach Wilson there because Ariel, they need him. They have staked their future into Zach Wilson with that number two overall pick. So to have your entire roster there, except your prized possession in Zach Wilson, slightly concerning at the moment. We'll see how long this lasts for Jets training camp. The Jets are plus 490 to make the playoffs and 21 to 1 to win the division. There is some breaking news this morning as the quarterback for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, has apparently tested positive for COVID-19 again. He was tested positive for he did test positive for COVID right before Thanksgiving, which was when he had to sit out for a couple of games last year. But it's him and his running back Gus Edwards that tested positive for COVID and are sitting out for the start of Ravens training camp. The Ravens currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, to win the division. They are the favorite in the AFC North. The Ravens and updated odds are plus 115 and the Browns are behind them at plus 145. Then hopefully they feel okay. Hopefully they're asymptomatic. Yet there's still a month left until the season starts. So this most likely is not going to affect week one. Right. You're seeing a lot of people go on the COVID reserve list right now. The intake portion of training camp, which this is all coming from, was the time we had the most spikes last year. So after a couple of weeks, hopefully these numbers come down. Coming up next, we're going to talk NBA draft with SportsGrid's basketball analyst and former coach James Young. Stay here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Back 
back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining the show, Sports Grid Zone, former women's basketball coach at Monmouth, James Young, to break down the NBA draft coming up tomorrow night. You're going to be in on draft coverage with Ben. You've got Kevin Walsh joining. I'm really excited to see what you guys come up with and giving us some winners, James. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, the three of us guys running the three-man weave for about four hours, so it should be uh, entertaining. Hopefully, we can find some value. Speaking of value, before I begin, this home run guy you guys have coming on with Major League Baseball, I mean, Lord have mercy. Please, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I don't know much about baseball, but whatever he tells me for home run props, I play, I hit. Thank you very much. I love it. James always reaches out to me on Twitter. He says, what is your home run guy like for Dinger Tuesday? We end up hitting. It's cool. But I hope that you could do the same thing for us tomorrow in the NBA draft, James. And I hope that you do because you have so much experience on the college floor and you have a really good eye for the sport. When it comes to the NBA draft tomorrow night, what stood out to you the most when looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook? Well, what you want to do is you want to try and find value. You know, and, and value is, is, is king because at the end of the day, when you go into FanDuel, your job is to try to make money. So when you look at it and you see Kate Cunningham as a minus 6,000 right off the jump, that's not the play you want to do. So as we go along, I'm trying to find plays which are minus 150 or under so there is some kind of value that you can get at FanDuel. So, James, when you talk about somebody like Cade, who's minus 6,000, or you even look down to the number two pick on FanDuel's front page for the NBA draft, and you see Jalen Green, minus 360, to go number two overall. Evan Mobley, minus 250, to go number three overall. Who are a couple of prospects people should know that have value right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook? Well, if you go to the top 10, I really like Moses Moody. You know, here's a guy that's a 3-and-D guy, can shoot the ball, can defend. And that's what this NBA is going to, guys that could space the floor and could stop you from scoring. So he's right now at a plus 138 to go into the top 10. He's a guy I would take my look at. Look at him around the 8th spot. I think I have him going to Orlando at 8. Because Orlando, if you look about what they have with Cole Anthony, with Fultz, with Jonathan Isaac coming back, they need a small forward or a shooting guard who can fill it up and put the ball in the basket. So look for guys that are good fits in regards to where they can go. And that's where it gets interesting, Ben, is you got two different kind of things going on at the NBA draft. You have the teams that are going to take projects, you know, that want to give it a little bit of time for their players to develop. But then you got teams like, you know, the Warriors, the Grizzlies who move up to the to the 10 spot, the Pacers, teams with higher lottery-style picks that may are looking to kind of hit a home run to really elevate their team and get more of a ready-made guy for this year. Coach, I also have Baylor's uh, guard, Davion Mitchell, who I've seen his draft position go up from 10.5 to 12.5. How come his number is getting longer on Vandal? Well, you got you to look at style and fit. You know, you got to look at where he can play and where he can benefit. And what is coming up is you got guys moving up like Moses, like Giddy, who's moving up. Book Knight has flown up the draft boards. There's a chance he can go all the way as high as six. You know, right now I have him at seven. So Davion Mitchell's a guy that's kind of coming down a little bit. I looked at a team that will be perfect fit for him. I think they're number 13, Indiana Pacers. That would be a good fit. 
They would need a point guard, a rugged defender. He's kind of got that better version of Patrick Beverly game to him. So he could be someone that could step in to a place like Indiana and play right away. But some of those teams, 9, 10, 11, 12, I don't see Davion as a fit. That's why I think he's going to go 13 or lower. And if you do go number 13 for Davion Mitchell, that would be over his draft position prop right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the juice there, only minus 102. I think it's 13 to Indiana or 14 to the Golden State Warriors. We have plenty of mock drafts. We also have James Young's top 10 big board right now here for SportsGrid for everybody to see. So, James, on your big board of the top 10 prospects you rank up there overall, who is one guy or two guys that really excites you and what they can do at the next level in the NBA? Well, I am a big fan of James Booknight. Maybe it's my East Coast bias. Love the Big East Conference. You know, love what, what Hurley has done with that program. But here is a guy who could be a walking bucket at the next level. Now, there's no shot he doesn't like. So if you look at his game, he's got a little bit of a Jordan Clarkson game to him. Dynamic offensive package. I think he could be dynamite in the NBA in the right system. Other guy I'm looking at is I'm kind of a little bit different than a lot of people because, like I said, I look at fits. If you look at what is going on with the trade, look closely at Memphis. They have Ja. They have Dylan Brooks at the two. J- uh, uh, Jackson comes back and he's healthy at the four. You know, you got just got Steven Adams at the five. What do they need? They need a perimeter shooter. That's why the Duarte out of Oregon – I love him at that. I know I have him at number 20 on my big board, but that's a spot where he fits light nicely. So look at him. Another person you may want to look at at 10, possibly, but even though I have him going 11, Corey Kispert. Smart, mature, knocks down open shots, plays really well, moves without the ball. He would be someone that's a little bit sneaky. I think he's plus 270 in the top 10. That could be a sneaky one to kind of look at because he could slide into that top 10, even though I think he goes 11 to the, uh, to the Hornets. You were reading my mind there, Coach, because that was the name that stood out to me at plus 270 in the top 10. I was going to ask you about it, but never mind. We're here with James Young, former women's basketball coach at Monmouth and now sports grid basketball analyst, going to be co-hosting the coverage for our NBA draft betting show, which will be with Ben, Kevin Walsh, and James tomorrow. Now, for the number four overall pick, you have Jalen Suggs, and he's at minus 160 to go four overall. But for some bettors, they're not going to want to bet that and lay that much juice. Yet on FanDuel, they give you the option to bet the first four to go. Who are you assuming is going to be the first four picks in order? And then we could see where it lands in the odds board. Well, I think it's unfortunately I'm going chalk. I think Cade Cunningham is the clear-cut number one pick. Number two, you got to look at Jalen Green, dynamic, explosive score, kind of in the mold of kind of like a Zach Levine, could be a big, big, big-time player. Three, I'm going with Evan Mobley, the big boy uh, out of USC. Has a little bit of DeAndre Ayton to his game. Could be a really, really good player. Honestly, could end up being the best one out of that class if the way he could project and play. And four is where you get tough, but I'm going to go with Jalen Suggs. I just think he's a prototypical. He fits that mold. You put him next to Fred VanVleet in Toronto, and that's a good fit. Now, if you want to get a little bit tricky, if you were to swap out Suggs for Scotty Barnes, which is getting a little bit of juice, that goes up to plus 440, I do believe. So there is a way that if you think that Scotty Barnes 
who has a chance to jump to number four, you take that as your top four, and now you're dealing with plus money and good plus money if you nail the first four. So the exact order of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs is the odds-on favorite right now on FanDuel at minus 138. What you mentioned, if Scotty Barnes replaces Jalen Suggs at number four, I believe that is plus 360 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Coach, let's go a little bit later in the lottery because at number four is where the draft gets a little bit exciting, but really 12 through 20 is a crapshoot at the moment with the talent in this draft. Who is a guy you could see going later in the lottery or even later in the first round that could have an immediate impact at the NBA level? Well, there, there are guys that are later that can help. A guy like the shooter um, out of Virginia, his name is slipping my mind, 6'9 shooter. They have a good kid that can come in and can step and shoot. you got to look at this, guys. When you get to that round, now you're talking about less about you know best available and more about a biggest need. So when you look at the local market, a team like the Knicks, do they look at a Sharif Cooper, you know, as a as a possibility? Does a guy like a Kai Jones, who has started to slide a little bit, does he drop to that point where you look at stuff, something like him? The guy that I think is sliding a little bit, too, in my opinion, that I don't know where he fits, is Fran Bonger, he, the big boy, you know, out of Michigan. He is over under his nine, uh, is that nine and a half, and it's plus money. I don't know if he gets picked in that first nine to ten picks. So there could be a guy that could slide down a little bit, and you can get him as a shooter maybe at 12, 13, maybe 14 to Golden State. If they go a different direction, he starts sliding. There's someone right there that could step in and could really help an NBA franchise from day one. James, when it comes to the New York Knicks, haven't spoken about them much on the show. Who could you see the Knicks going for that could have an immediate impact? Well, listen, the Knicks need two things. They need shooters, like a 3 and D type of guy, and they need a guy that could step in and could play some kind of point guard spot. So when you look at the point guard spots, you know, uh, a guy like a, a Jared Butler, what happens with him? A Miles McBride or a Sharif Cooper. There's a guy that I really like out of VCU, maybe it's my old school Shaka Smart uh, bias, Bones Highland. This guy can play. So there are some guys you can look at right there at the point guard position and then the small forward position, that's where you're going to kind of have to see what kind of happens. Maybe the kid from Virginia falls down to them, uh, something like that. But for the Knicks, you're looking at two things right now. You're looking at a point guard and you're looking at a 3 and D small forward who can knock down an open three and then obviously um, can defend. But with the Knicks, you got to be careful with them. They're looking to move. And Duarte, I think, is a the guy they're looking at. They're trying to move up. They got 19 and 21. Do you package two picks and someone else to get to 12 or 13 if Duarte were your fall? I don't think he goes past Golden State at 14. So you got to get yourself to 11, 12, 13 for a chance to get a guy like that. James, you took the words right out of my mouth, which shows me that tomorrow night's NBA draft betting special is going to be so much fun between you, myself, and Kevin Walsh, because I was going to say, we have already seen a trade happen with the Memphis Grizzlies moving up into the lottery. There is an expectation to see some movement on draft night. How influential do you think the trades will be in tomorrow night's NBA draft? Tomorrow is going to be wild. 
I think there's going to be a ton of movement. Like I said, you got so many teams that want to make that next leap that think they're a player or two away from making a monumental jump. So look at New York to make a move. I'll be stunned, Ben, if they stay at 19 and 21, unless someone really is free-falling, which you never know. Look for maybe even someone like the Warriors. Do they try to jump up again? Because they got two lottery picks. Well, Memphis tried to take another play. There's rumors they like the Kaminga kid. Do they try to Kaminga? Do they try to jump up again? So there's going to be as much as we're going to be talking about draft picks. We're going to be talking as much or more about movement once you get past the four spot, the five spot. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the draft tomorrow night. I'm very curious to see how things move on the odds boards, considering the NBA tends to leak things. First of all, Kate Cunningham already signed with Nike. I mean, he's already, it's minus 6,000 for him to go first overall. Usually we know the first picks. The NFL gets crazy. The NBA, they're a lot more transparent, and Adrian Wojnarowski has already gotten a little bit of uh, flack on his Twitter, saying, no, 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 you can't tweet these things out because we've got bets on it. But James Young, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you on the draft coverage tomorrow night with Ben and Kevin Walsh. Looking forward to watching it. It'll be a great time. And Tom, Vecchio, listen, bro, I'm ready. Bring me. Feed me more. Feed me more. I need home run props, brother. <laughs> we love the plus money. Stay here at Fade the Public coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out hour number one here on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. Poll time. Yesterday we did speak about this. It was about the record or the worst record of the regular season in the NFL. Who's going to have it? Yesterday we told you it was the Houston Texans who have the best odds at two to one. So the question in the poll was are the Houston Texans going to have the worst regular season record at the end of the NFL season? The public has spoken, and majority has said yes. Just about 64% currently on Twitter say the Houston Texans are going to be the worst team in the NFL at the end of the regular season. Ben, are you fading the public? You know I love to fade the public. You know I try to do it with all my heart each and every day, but I agree. I think it will be the Houston Texans. However, let's have a conversation here, Ariel, because the value is not there on the Texans at 2-1 to one at plus 200. The value is there on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I believe are plus 1,300 to have the worst record in the NFL this year. And you know my stance. Urban Meyer is not going to have success at the NFL level. I love Trevor Lawrence. I like what he can do for that offense. But if they win three or four games this year, I would not be shocked by any means. Their team win total at six and a half. Oh, my God. Take that under and run with it each and every day. And so the value in that worst record market at plus 1,300 is there. It's not on the Texans. It's on the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team in the AFC South. 
Yikes to the AFC South. If you could bet for the team to have the two worst teams by combined record in football, could parlay those together, Mm. hey, that'd be nice value too. The Jags and the Texans. Okay, coming up next, we are going to have our number two of our show. We're going to give you some more updates from around the futures market. The market is moving in college football. In addition to some NFL talk, I am so excited that football season is almost here. Team USA also in action overnight here on the East Coast. Unfortunately, was not able to watch the games because men's basketball started at 12.40 a.m. Eastern time. No, thank you. Stay on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? Neither do we. Thank God. This.